0: To you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, again, welcome to our Wednesday night Bible study. So glad that you are here in this new year. 2009, huh? Wow. Yeesh. Time keeps going faster and faster. Isn't it amazing? The older you get, it seems like the faster time goes. I got this theory that old people really can walk fast, they just don't because everything's going so fast. Like, whoa, slow down, you know. But anyway, here we are in 2009, off to a great start and looking forward to just a fabulous year. I'm going to do something a little bit different tonight. Uh, and, and if we have time, we'll, we'll pick up where we left off in our Bible study. I want to share with you just a little bit of the impact in the way that we're having impact to uh people all over the world um you know i've been part of churches for so many 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 years who uh you know prayed diligently god help us touch the world god help us touch the world god help us touch the world and uh, uh when we first started uh, the church in stevens point that was certainly our prayer is that we wanted to start, change the world and, and touch the world and uh you know people are able to do this in, in various ways uh but uh when we first started doing the church uh in point we uh we're doing these marriage seminars around the country, and just it was just going quite dreadfully, actually. It was so hard, and we couldn't get anybody to come to them, and it was just, you know, just agonizing. And uh, you're, you, know, you want something to work so badly sometimes, and, uh, and it's like sometimes the harder you hang on to stuff, the harder it is for God to bless you. It's the craziest thing, you know. It's, sometimes you just got to let go. And just let God, and that's when when success comes. So I remember telling my staff, I said, look, we're going to just let go of this thing, and let's just focus on the church, and, and let's just do that. Well, as soon as we did that, all of a sudden, everything went crazy. I mean, within weeks, the next event that we did was completely sold out. The place was out. It was just absolutely nuts. And we were just like stunned. And, uh, and I remember you know, the first time that we actually had a product table. And we had like a long line of people actually wanting to buy something that I did. And it was like, I was like, we were totally unprepared. It was so bizarre. And we thought, wow, wasn't that amazing? And the next uh, week, uh, there were so many people that showed up. They didn't have enough chairs at the place. This was at a, at a hotel or something like that. So like people were standing in the back walls and everything else while i'm doing the seminar because there were so many people that are more chairs they're pulling chairs out of the bars and everything else and they still did not have enough and we thought what in the world and then we did a third one it was the same thing it was just like when we're trying to get rid of this thing then all of a sudden god starts blessing it and uh, we thought well i guess we'll keep doing it i mean if god's going to bless it that kind of thing but it changed once you start changing the attitude of having an open hand letting go letting god it's like when he can start blessing and he was blessing that and the church at the same time And uh, it pretty soon became apparent that it was a way for uh, us as a church to touch really so many other people's lives. And I know some people think, well, how does that really work? Because it's just you out there running around. But the reality is is I minister to you guys uh, and teach you. And God shows me things and gives me insights. And I talk about these things. I then take these things and I share them with other opportunities and open doors that God uh, gives me. And I want to show you a clip uh, of an appearance that I did on uh, TBN uh, in in the early part of December. And uh, and, and watch for it. There's several areas in here. You will hear me share things with them that I had learned while sharing with you. I talk about, remember how we were talking about in Genesis about this idea of priests. And King, remember the idea that it doesn't always have to be the same in, in, the, in the family. Well, this is something that God showed me as I was studying, preparing, and ministering to you guys. And uh, and you'll hear me talk about that. You'll hear me talk about some of you remember me preaching about how the Christmas story was really a story in misery and how hard it was, but yet how God blessed it. You'll hear me share, and you'll hear stuff that I did in my ministry to you that allows me to touch other people. So it, it's like what we're able to experience here. God has opened up a door that we can. Touched many, many people's lives. And, uh, and sometimes, you know, I remember when I first started doing this, there were people uh, in Point who initially, you know, they didn't stay with us very long because they didn't like the way it was happening. It's, it's, it's the typical thing. It's like, you know, God, you know, the, the Egyptian or the, uh, the Israelites were praying and praying, God set us free, God set us free, God set us free. And then he shows up with Moses who they didn't really like initially and then god sets them free and within weeks they're whining and complaining and bellyaching because it didn't look like they thought it would look uh when when jesus came everybody was praying for the messiah and excited about the messiah but when they they didn't re- they didn't receive jesus why because it didn't look like they thought it would look i mean oftentimes it is like that and i think initially when we started doing what we were doing uh in the early uh, church in, in in point and then before we came here was um doing the kind of ministry that we're doing and and doing the kind of church that we're doing and having a pastor that does all these different things uh, was real nerve-wracking for some people. They couldn't handle it in the beginning because it didn't look like they thought it would look. We want to change the world, but in our model of how we think that that should be. But uh, obviously we've continued to grow and God has continued to bless. But I I just want you to see uh, this appearance, and as soon as this is done, then we'll pick up where we left off, Uh, uh, how God has given me the opportunity to share with so many people the things that we're able to experience here together as a body of Christ, as we encourage each other and reach out to our community, and God has given us the opportunity to even to touch people all over the world when we have opportunities like this. So let's roll the tape. I love that. Leon Patel. Melody.
1: That's an awesome, That's awesome. song. And um, with us, Mark Gunger from <laughs> Green Bay, Wisconsin. You are going to love this guy senior pastor of Celebration Church, formerly Bayside, Bayside right, well, formerly Bayside Church. We've had some and, uh, of our funnest hosting times when he's been on. Yeah, some of the most uncomfortable, too, at some <laughs> point. So, Maybe that's why they've been um, the funnest. Okay, the, um, the topic from now on. Okay, remember, we're, we're in the Christmas season. Yes. Marriages have to work during Christmas. Yes. Okay. Are what, they harder during Christmas? What do you want to say about
0: that? Are they harder than during Christmas? They might well, be for some people like, because, because right. of unrealistic expectations or all the pressures and stuff like that. Or other families coming over and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> not, I mean, it's not a great, it's a great point because marriage can be hard at this time of year, but marriage is a hard period. <laughs> <laughs> it just is. And the Bible tells us. Paul gives us this wonderful promise. He who marries will have trouble in this life. Yeah. That's what he says, right? Now, you don't hear those verses read at weddings very often. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta downplay that, you know what I'm saying? But it's tough and it's hard. But what I love about this time of year, the Christmas story, I mean, reality check, people. The, the, the Christmas story is a story of misery. It is absolute misery, okay? Check it out an angel shows up. prophesize to you, blessed art thou among women. Okay, now you would think an angel shows up, it's going to be nothing but good from here on out, right? Things are going to be smooth, it's going to be great, you're going to be blessed. Well, right away the angel disappears. Now all of a sudden she's pregnant. She's got to explain this to the fam. Okay, (laughs) you know nobody's buying the story. Would you? Yeah. You know, an angel told me. Yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? So now she's got this embarrassment. Nobody and and Joseph is freaking out. He wants to get rid of her. An angel's (laughs) got to calm him down. Right. All right. So so here she is. She's getting pregnant. And then all of a sudden, Caesar Augustus comes on and makes this stupid decree. Everybody's got to go back to where your great grandpa comes from. and We're going to count everybody. Now, can you imagine if the United States government all of a sudden came in and said, y'all got to go back to wherever your great-grandpa was. We're going to count everybody. The inconvenience, seriously. They had lives, these people. Now they got to stop everything to go all the way up to this stupid trip, right? Well, now now Mary, she's hooking up with Joseph, right? So his great-grandpa comes from Bethlehem. Here we go off to Bethlehem. And you can imagine what a fun trip this is, right? <laughs> now you being pregnant, right? Okay, now riding a donkey on a long trip
1: nine months pregnant
0: cannot be a fun thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? You gotta be irritable You're irritable, you've gotta be frustrated, you gotta be mad. And you think, where is God? What in the <laughs> world is going on? Angel? My life has been going to the toilet. Where is that angel? I gotta have a word with that angel. You hear me? So now they get into Bethlehem. All right. There's no place to stay. Now, how can this be? You said God is with me. (laughs) Hello. Where are you? You know, a hotel room. Would that kill you for a hotel room? You know what I'm saying? And the first, so Joseph, he's freaking out, right? She's ready to pop. Okay. He can't find any place. So he's freaking out. So they finally, some guy says, well, there's this barn over there. Now, so he's got to go sell this to Mary.
1: And she's in labor, probably. Yeah, you hear him talking
0: about? Yeah. All right. Now, can you imagine I the look it. Mary gave Joseph? <laughs> now, anybody, who's, any man who's been married for more than a month has seen that look. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? It's the, I don't need to say a word, but I am going to kill you. Look. All right? So now, so now they go. They're in a barn. They're in a barn, okay? And we make it sound so romantic, you know, the Christmas story, you know. <laughs> la 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 la. There, there ain't no angels singing in the barn. <laughs> there's, there's not even a karaoke machine. Lea nothing. All right. The only thing they're hearing in the barn is. <laughs> all right yeah and all the associated aromas that come with said sounds yeah. are you hearing me yeah now, <laughs> someone just figured that one out so yeah. Now, yeah now you have got to honestly think if you were in that situation yeah you have got to feel abandoned by god Wow. where in the world are you yeah. How could this be happening? But in the midst of that miserable situation—and it was, folks, miserable—God could not have been closer. Wow! Literally, God incarnate Come on is going to be in their arms in a matter wow. of moments. Mm-hmm. Now, stop and think about this. If so many people judge their marriages based on whether or not things are going well, wow! Now, if you—if you were like Judging whether or not God is with you in that situation you thought for sure God had forsaken you. Yeah. But you need to know something. when you're going through a rough time in marriage and we all go through rough times, we drive each other crazy. We do. Now, now if my wife would just agree with me, it'd be so much better. But she doesn't agree with me. I can't imagine why. But we, we, we get on each other's nerves, we drive and it's just part of life, okay? Actually, it's, it's part of it's a wonderful plan. you know the Bible talks about that we need to die to self. Yeah. Right? How many times Jesus talked about picking up your cross, and dying to yourself, except a seed fall on the ground and dies, okay? Death, death, death. I mean, God is trying to kill you. <laughs> All right. are, are you tracking with me? Yeah. Okay? And there is no better institution designed to kill you than marriage. All right? <laughs> now hang in it with me. All right. yeah, bro. Yeah. yeah, he's in the doghouse. Yeah. All right, now. Now, not physically kill you, although some people think that they're going to die, yeah, you know. Yeah. It's the selfish part of you, because you can't do this and be selfish. Right. Yeah. But you have to. Now, now, I try to teach couples how to succeed with each other yeah. so they can be happy. But nobody's happy all the time. Yeah. All the time. Right. It just doesn't happen. You know, there's, there's times of just, what are you laughing about? There's times, okay. there's times of glorious misery, yeah. okay, that, that, you, that you have got to suffer through. Yeah. You say, how do you do that? By Number one, you've got to value and hold highly the covenant that you have with yeah. each other.
1: Yeah.
0: If you cherish the covenant, you've got to cherish the covenant before things can get better. Okay? Now, what happens is a lot of people, they value or they they judge the covenant based on the value of their relationship. If their relationship is great, they value the covenant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If their relationship stinks, they are ready to discard the covenant. Wow. You will never survive marriage if you think that way. Right. You have got to... You say, well, I can't do it. Yes, you can. Women all the time say, I can't do it. Yes, you can. Because women do... (laughs) Yeah, all wonder why so many women get mad at me that's, that's right there is one reason uh, yes they can and you know who proves it more than women because they, they prove it every day with their children they are absolutely committed to their children yeah. their children can drive them crazy they can drive them up the wall but there's nothing that child could ever do that would ever separate her from that child it's true. that's the way women think because they're absolutely committed to that covenant with that child. I mean, the kid could grow up and become an ax murderer. Yeah. <laughs> and you know who's visiting him in jail? Mama. Yeah. Right. Mama is still there. Well, he's my baby. He's <laughs> my baby. I, know, I know he has issues. I understand. <laughs> but he's my baby. Now women can do this at an unbelievable level. It's it's truly amazing what they can do. Now men can do it to a pretty strong degree. But but even at some point, the man will disown the kid. (laughs) They will! You know like Fiddler on the Roof. You ever see this movie? It's a great movie. Fiddler on the Roof, right? Right. (laughs) So so anyway, in the movie, Tevya, the first kid's driving him nuts. Okay. The second kid's driving him more nuts. Anybody got kids? The third kid, he can't take it anymore. And he says, enough! Tradition! You know, he can't bend anymore. He can't can't break. But mama and everybody's still hanging on to the kid, right? So so women get this more than anybody. That nothing can happen in that relationship that will make me walk away from that relationship. And I'm telling you, people, if men and women in America, I'm talking Christian people, if we would value the covenant of marriage like we value the covenant with our children, we would eliminate divorce in
1: America. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Um, First, I have a couple of things to say. You better be nice. Um, I need to warn some of the men in the audience that when they laugh too hard, you will pay. You will hear about it later. Specifically, the guy that I'm not looking at with the black leather coat right about here laughed a couple of times a little too hard, okay? In addition, has someone turned off the air conditioner in that studio it's getting a little warm <laughs> up here a little warm yeah and ultimately what you what you have you you don't give us any excuses anymore you you make us laugh and it's all funny and by the way your point about mary and joseph and the uncomfortable thing of not valuing at that, that that's that's a very powerful point if you would just recap that for a second that'd be awesome
0: if people would value their relationship with their husbands and wife their marriage that covenant like they value their covenant with their children you would eliminate divorce in america yeah. because they we, never give up on their children
1: how do we do that because the media and what we feed on daily haven't holds no value
0: yeah, well, you just hit it. quit feeding on it. Yeah, exactly. quit feeding on the junk, man. And listen to these psycho crazy people because it's all about them. It's all narcissistic. I got to be happy. I gotta, so so we're we're doing this show. We haven't had a chance to talk about the The TBN's going to air. God bless you guys. Thank you. Uh, called <laughs> starting next year called Love Marriage and Stinking Thinking. Okay? OK, and we did this people in the street thing. And we went around saying, should you stay married if you're not happy? And all these people are going, no, particularly women. No, you shouldn't have to stay married. If you're not happy, no, no. And this one woman said, absolutely not. But the whole time she's got this one-year-old on her hip, bouncing, and the kid's screaming and driving her nuts. And and as I'm listening to her, I'm thinking, she would never think that way about that kid. Wow. But she'll think that way about her marriage. Man, and and if if your happiness is going to determine your commitment, you are doomed. Yeah. Because you can't stay happy all the time unless, you know, your wife never talks. (laughs) (laughs) Ravi! Oh!
1: That was a little loud. You go sit by the man in the black leather jacket. Did I? Did I just cackle? You did. Oh.
0: Oh, my God. Father, forgive me yeah. for I have sinned. Okay. I'm in the I middle of sinning.
1: This. Jim and Marguerite, come up here and sit with us because I can't take the pressure all by myself. Jim, come suck it up with me. Okay, scoot over a little bit. Hey, gorgeous, how you doing? Come over here. Come no over problem. here so you can look at Everett. Come oh, all, right over all, all over
0: there. there. All, all four right of us. Right okay. here. There, there we go. go. I right 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 think this right guy's right got beat up over here. So that way, that way, he'll think I'm Yeah. Okay. Nobody wants to sit with me. Uh, okay.
1: I can take I can take the last seven minutes of the show, go for it. What were we talking about? I have no idea. <laughs> the,
0: the fact that things you know, at times you're not happy. You've got to keep a commitment despite your happiness level, okay? Right. Now I believe you can be happy. Okay, but you're not happy all the time. There's times when you're greatly happy. There's times when you drive each other crazy. Up and down, up and down, up and down. But man, you just got to hang in there. Don't, you know, be like Mary and Joseph in the midst of horrible misery. When they felt the worst, God was the closest Come on to now. them.
1: Yeah. Hey Mark, we've been married 36 years, you know. Yeah. Divorce, no. Murder, yes.
0: Sometimes. Yes, yes. <laughs> I want to divorce him. I will kill him, but I will not yeah. divorce him. Okay? <laughs> yeah.
1: One of the things that, I mean, it sounds kind of funny, but in the early years, because I didn't come from a family that had a great marriage. You know, my mom was married three times, wasn't happy uh, with any of them. And so I didn't know, you know, I didn't know how to have a happy marriage. And when I started reading the Word, what I decided... It was like we were in this uh, room. We walked in together and closed the door, locked it with those old-fashioned kind of keys, and it was like I was throwing the key underneath. And since we were locked in this room forever anyway, might as well be happy there. So I had to make the choice to learn to get along with this guy. And, um, you know, the good news is he's a different guy than he was, you know, 36 years ago. <laughs> I couldn't have been, stayed married to that first husband of mine.
0: <laughs> no, no, you, you know what? That's true because women don't understand it. Women do... Improve men. They really yeah. do. Now, now you have to yeah. understand the frustration of this. At at his on his wedding day, you guys know what I'm talking about. You're looking at the girl, and here's what a man is thinking: You're perfect. You're great. I hope you never change. Yeah. That's exactly what men think, right? Mm-hmm. And the woman's going, "I love you. You're great, but you need some work. Yeah. All right." <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, so they set out to change us. We're not happy about that, okay? Yeah. And women get frustrated because it takes so long. The good news yeah. is you can't. Yeah. <laughs> the good you news can't is you can change there. men. You can't improve them. You just got to think long term. Yeah. Okay? The, the good news is you can eventually get us where you want us. The bad news is when we get there, then we die, and it's all over.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> it takes a long
0: time. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> are we really down to three minutes?
1: Yeah. We are. Oh, you got... Good just, heavens. What can just I say in three minutes? Drill, drill oh. us down for another three minutes. Come on, Mark. Let,
0: let, me, let me say an encouraging word. I, it also comes from the Christmas story okay. to the women. So many women in America, Christian women right now, are so frustrated and angry with their husbands. And they don't want to respect their husbands because they feel that they're not doing the right stuff. Okay? But let me encourage you something about authority isn't based on what you do. It's based on who you are okay now stop and think about this wise men from the east see in eastern culture they understand it it's it's the western we have a hard time because if you don't do it you don't earn it okay but in true authority it's not based on a king for example in eastern culture is a king whether he's a great king or a pig of a king it doesn't matter okay it's not based on what you do it's based on who you are so here in the story three wise men from the east come to a, a, a baby boy he's what about two years old yeah and they bow down and they worship
1: this child yeah
0: how in the world could you possibly do that? Because they realized who he was. You'd never had wise men from the West do that. First of all, I'm not sure we have any. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> except for these two guys. Uh, but a wise man from the we'd have walked in and said, What? He's, he's two years old. What is this? He's still pooping his pants for crying out loud. You know? When he does something, give me a call, right? Yeah. And that's what happens. Okay. Now, in, in, in Eastern Christian uh, culture, oh, we reset our meter. Yeah. I can talk longer. Uh, in, in Eastern Christian culture, much of the worship music is about praising God for who He is. Yeah. But in the Western culture, let's praise God for what He's done. done. It's all about doing. Wow. See, do do. We measure everything. Do 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 and, the a message. But uh Kim was talking about Yeah, Kim was early. talking about that yeah. earlier. We yeah. won't repeat some of that stuff. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> Dude, I was I was I was dying back there when that was going on. That was funny stuff. But anyway, um, what am I talking about? Oh, authority, okay? So so even though he may not be doing everything. You can still respect him just because of who God says he is. Yes. Wow. You say, How can I do that? It's called faith. It's called faith. Can I give you one more thing about oh, yeah. authority? I'm, I'm getting spiritual today. Hallelujah. About, about about authority in the home. Mm-hmm. Do, do, do you know so, so often in the Old Testament, we see this picture There's a, there was always a guy in authority, usually called a king, and then there was always a prophet. Mm-hmm. Okay? Very rarely were they ever the same people. There were always two separate offices. Two separate. Even in the New Testament, you would have prophets speaking to those who were in charge. Mm-hmm. It never made the prophet in charge. The prophet never said, How come I'm always hearing from God? How can you never hear from God? What's the matter with you? I don't want to be the king. All right? Now, some of you ladies know what I'm talking about because you struggle because it seems like you hear more from God than your stupid husband, right? <laughs> right? Because what we have taught inerrantly is that in the home the f- husband is both king and prophet? Oh, wow. What if we're wrong? What if God always intended for the one in authority to still have a prophet, Hello. his wife, who's hearing from God? And then you quit getting the, the prophet, by the way, would never challenge the king and say, How come I'm always here? So hi, what are you some kind of a moron? You know? And and the king never got intimidated by the prophet. In fact, one king, Saul, got in trouble because he didn't wait for the prophet. Yeah. Remember? Went ahead and went without him. This role of of king and prophet is so powerful. It is so powerful that in the end, Satan uses the same model. There is the Antichrist and the false prophet. Two separate people. Have we not been teaching this in homes? We haven't. The reality is, I think in most homes, the the, the husband is the leader because the Bible just says so. Get over it, okay? (laughs) But the wife often is the prophet. It's true in my home, and I'm the man of God. I'm preaching and teaching, but it's my wife in the home. She is the one noticing stuff. Watch for that, Mark. Look for it. You need to talk to your kids about this, da-da-da. But we're good with that. But if you really think that your husband is supposed to be both king and prophet, then you're going to be angry, you're going to be bitter, you're not going to respect him because he's not doing the right stuff. What if just as the leader, he's not supposed to do a whole lot of anything?
1: (laughs) Mark, I have a quick question. Yeah. Uh, Men um, (laughs) in the audience... Did any of your wives just hit you in the gut like mine did? Oh, no. I was just wondering if anyone got the elbow to the leg. Oh, no. And by the way, doll, I have a giant bruise oh, no. right there. it so does. I'm about to cry. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. And uh, okay, the 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 wife. You're 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 preaching good now. So keep going because okay. you're you're really reading kind of our mail. Absolutely. She. She hears a lot and she's constantly saying things, you know. I, I, this morning, weren't you? This morning, you were naming those two guys, or are those guys back in, the, you know, and mm-hmm. yeah, remember? Mm-hmm. Okay, that was this morning,
0: right? It wasn't me, was it? No, okay, no, no, good. No,
1: no, no, no. So that's
0: to keep going on that. That's, well, good. that's what I'm talking about. But now, if you've been taught falsely that the husband has to be king and prophet. Then he's going to resent his wife For speaking into his life Woman submit You are you sharpen authority Don't you dare You sharpen my authority <laughs> Okay <laughs> Or If you've been taught this as well You get angry at him I have women come in this, That's why I first started noticing it. I have women come in And they're so angry at their husbands I say why? Because I'm always hearing from God How come he's there? He's supposed to be the spiritual head of the home Do you know we always say that But the Bible never says that It never says the man is the spiritual head of the home Now it's kind of implied You can apply it if you want It just says he's the head Period. What if, just like that model that's used all throughout the Bible and how Satan even imitates it in the end, what if that should be what's happening in our homes? I would argue, if you look around you, that's exactly what's happening all the time. We're just not seeing it as what's happening in your marriage. Because she's hearing from God. She's seeing stuff that maybe you're not seeing. If you resent that role, it's going to create friction and stuff. If you embrace the role, the kings loved hearing from the prophets. When the kings needed to make a decision, who'd they call for? Go get the prophet. Yeah. See? And a lot of men, you do wise to call in your wife. What are you hear it? What are you feeling? What are you praying about? What do you think we should do? But see, if you think that's wrong, that, that she shouldn't and that he should all the time, and that's where we're getting a lot of this unbalanced stuff. I do not believe that the model is husbands, both king and prophet. I think that it's the two of them together. When you're working together in this biblical model, that's when the most of the life of God just flows, and it's fabulous.
1: Okay, men and women, we think differently. <laughs> Is that right? Yes. Our brains process information. I'd like a four shot over here because. I like the fact... Yeah, I like this shot. See, all of us are in this together, Jim. We're forever linked. You and I are forever linked, okay? Um, Glad, brother. And I'm glad you're here. I'm glad we look like twins on the uh,
0: shirt thing. Looking good. Okay. Uh, I feel so lonely and alone. I have been abandoned. Anyway.
1: You got three minutes. Three minutes. Make sure we understand that men and women think differently in the process. And then, by the way... When they give you the countdown, you've got to you got to pitch to Leon Patello, fill this place, okay. and that takes us to the close. So you okay. you got the you got the game all the way to the end.
0: Okay, wrapping this up. Men and women think differently. Great analogy. I've used this before, but you, do you know that men and women's eyes actually work differently? Okay, men's eyes tend to be like little binoculars, and, and if our eyes do not hit what we're looking for, we can't see it. Women's eyes are more like wide angle lenses and they see all the detail. This is why a man can open a kitchen cupboard and go, Where's the salt? And, and she would go, It's right there in front of your face. And you go, I can't see it. All right? And then, as if by magic, she pulls it out of thin air. It's right here. And you go, Whoa. All right? <laughs> Well, it doesn't make women better than men in that situation. It just makes us different. There's, there's always this competition. It's just we're different. And we look at... It doesn't make anybody evil. But, now using the same analogy, and these are generalities, by the way. This is one of the reasons why women have a hard time reading maps. Because when a man opens up a map, right? As soon as you see where you are and where you want to go, all the other lines disappear. But a woman, she sees all the lines all the time. <laughs> and she can't do it. And it just... My husband's driving. And he says, where are we? She says, I don't know. How can you not know? I don't know. There's so many lies. I can't see I, It doesn't make us evil. It just makes us different. From a Embrace the differences. Yeah. Together, you can make a wonderful person with your wife. Anyway, over to Leon Potato. God bless you guys. then all right did, did you did you catch some of those things did you to recognize some of those things that i 've taught and stuff here as we 've doing our Bible studies and sermons and stuff uh, as i 'm able to take and share with other people and it 's a way that we can God has given us an opportunity to minister to a much bigger world than just us right here all right let 's get to exodus the nineteenth chapter this is where we 're picking it up children of Israel they are now uh, they 've gotten out of uh, uh, Egypt, uh, and we pick it up in verse 19. In the third month, now check it out. It's, this is three months, it's all 90 days has gone by. Now remember what we just read. These people were whining and belly aching like there was no tomorrow. And, and so intensely, they're saying, I wish we were dead. I wish we were dead. I wish, oh, I just died. You know, just bring out here to die. For crying out, stinking loud. 90 stinking days they go from being delivered in the most glorious manner that we all go, wow! And in, in less than nine days, it took a matter of days, they start whining and aching and complaining. These people were unbelievable. So here we are now, 90 days into this deal. On the very day, 90 days to the very day that they left Egypt, they came to the desert of Sinai. Now this is a big deal. Right? To the very day. Why is Sinai a big deal? Because this is where Mount... Sinai is this is where uh, Moses receives the ten commandments okay this is a big yo mama deal and, uh, and so they're making a big deal out of this here so they, after they set out from Rephidim they entered the desert of Sinai and Israel camped there in the desert in front of the mountain then Moses went up to God and the Lord called him to him from the mountain and said this is what you are to say to the house of Jacob and what you are to tell the people of Israel you yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt, and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. Now, check this out. We're starting to see uh, an, an interesting here, thing here. Now, if you... Everybody say, if. if. See, it's conditional. Conditional. God will make them their treasure. He loves them unconditionally, but He puts conditions in. This confuses so many people. Uh, And in a lot of relationships, I I talk about men and women, you know, they they think that they should uh, be loved unconditionally and and their wives should not make any demands on them or the husband should never make any demands. You're delusional. Of course, there's demands. Well, what about unconditional love? I believe in unconditional love, but there's always conditions. God has always had conditions. If you do this, I'll do that. If you do this, i do that. If you don't do this, I'll kick your butt. Okay? This is throughout the whole Bible. We're starting to see this now more and more as we're seeing God revealed, And he's saying to them, if you will do this, I will make you my treasured possession. He will value them above all things if they will do this. Now, although the whole earth is mine, God says, you will be for me a kingdom of priests, and a holy nation. Now check this out. God's... And he says these are the words you're supposed to speak to the Israelites. That's what he told Moses to say to them. God's desire from the beginning was to bring this nation out and would make of them a kingdom of what? Priests. They would all have direct access to God. This was his plan from the beginning. He did not just want a certain group of people to be priests, he didn't want that he wanted it for everybody to be on the thing, this was the thing that that God desired, now we're going to see here how the people rejected this from God, so Moses went back and summoned the elders of the people and set before them all the words the Lord had commanded him to speak all the people, uh, the people all responded together, yes we'll do everything the Lord has said liars so (laughs) we'll find that out so moses brought their answer back to the lord and the lord said to moses i'm going to come to you in a dense cloud so that the people will hear me speaking with you and will always put their trust in you then moses uh, told the lord what the people had said and the lord said to moses go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow have them wash their clothes and be ready by the third day so clean up, clean up, clean up. Because on that day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. God is about to speak audibly to everyone. He wants a nation of kings and priests. A nation of people who would minister to Him. All right? Now, put limits for the people around the mountain and tell them, be careful that you do not go up to the mountain or touch the foot of it. Whoever touches the mountain shall surely be put to death. He shall be surely be stoned or shot with arrows. I guess you get your choice. But not a hand is to be laid on him. Now, I presume that's because he's defiled. and ugh, He disobeyed God and we're going to kill you. Now whether it's a man or an animal. Even if an animal were to stray and touch the mountain during this time. They were supposed to kill the animal. So they were very, very strict about this. He shall not be permitted to live. Only when the ram's horn sounds at the end. May they go up and touch the mountain well after Moses had gone down the mountain to the people he consecrated them and they washed their clothes and everybody got it all clean it's all set and then he said to the people prepare yourselves for the third day and by the way abstain from sexual relations now This is a little confusing and and, and certainly plays into the hand of some people who think somehow sex is a dirty thing. That's why God said, make sure you don't have sex because you're coming to me and that's dirty and filthy. It's not dirty and filthy. God made it. God does not make things dirty and filthy. So why would he have them do it? One of the uh, commentators that I was studying said he wanted the people's total attention to be on God. That was his reasoning. Although I would think making a whole nation of men wait three days without sex would probably not have their full attention. (laughs) They'd be standing up thinking, when is this over? When is this over? When is this over? But anyway, that's, you know, I don't know why they did this. But uh, anyway, (laughs) they said it's to have everybody's total attention. And I'll bet you it worked. Uh, On the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning. (whistles) Uh, With with a thick cloud over the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast. (whistles) You like the sound effects? It's like you're there. (laughs) Uh, So Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. And the smoke billowed up from it like smoke from a furnace. The whole mountain trembled violently and the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder. Then Moses spoke and the voice of God answered him. So the whole, I mean, this is like What was i talking about i got the intention span of a fly um oh, so anyway so god's coming down and the place i mean all of a sudden the smoke and the thunder and lightning and everything and the trumpets are going and i mean this is like freaking people out this is intense so okay so then the lord descended on top of mount sinai and called moses to the top of the mountain so moses went up and the lord said to him go down and warn the people that they do not force their way through to see the lord and many of them perish Those don't get close even the priests who approach the Lord must consecrate themselves for the Lord will break out against them and Moses said to, uh, yeah and Moses said to the Lord the people cannot come up to Mount Sinai because you yourself warned us put limits around the mountain set us apart as holy and the Lord replied go down and bring up Aaron with you with the priests and the people did I skip something? I didn't? all right Wait a minute. See, I was posing for the camera and I'm all freaked out here again. Okay, I guess we're cool. I thought there was something I missed there. Anyway, so the Lord replied, Go down and bring up Aaron with you, but the priests and the people must not force their way through to come to the Lord or he will break out against them. So Moses went down to the people and told them. And God spoke all these words. Okay, now... This is the Ten Commandments. And he starts out by saying it to them. They are hearing these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. But showing love to thousands who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. For the Lord will hold anyone, not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your manservant, nor your maidservant, nor your your animals, nor the alien within your gates. Not outer space alien, but... Okay. Immigrants. All right. Uh, For in six days the Lord made heavens and earth and the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy next one honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you next one you shall not murder you shall not commit adultery you shall not steal you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor you shall not covet your neighbor's house you shall not cover your neighbor's wife or or his manservant or his maidservant or his ox or his donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor okay here's the people's response when the people saw the thunder Uh, And lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain and smoke they trembled with fear and they stayed at a distance and said to Moses you speak to us yourself and we will listen but do not have God speak to us or we will die and Moses said to the people do not be afraid God has come to test you so that the fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning people remained at a distance while moses approached the thick darkness where god was and really from here on, again god's desire was to have a kingdom of priests even though there were some guys still referred to as priests his desire was to have a kingdom a nation of priests okay and then really from here on the people said no 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 no. this is too much for us we don't want this and uh and then there became just the levites who were the priests and we see that through the whole Old Testament. <clears throat> now, when you read the New Testament, we hear this theme being repeated. What God says of the church in the New Testament, Paul writes, that we are a kingdom of kings and priests. We all have access to God. One of the big mistakes that Christianity did early on was it got away from this, and then it became the people and then the priests, right? Right? It was the men of God and you've got the priest and then you got the holier priest and then the really, really holy priest and then you the really holy priest way up on top. Okay? And it all became if you really want to connect with God you have to go see the Priest, and it's, and, and it's like that Old Testament model, but it's not what God ever intended. While there are the roles of pastor, uh, evangelist, prophet, teachers, all these different things that the New Testament talks about, there is not this sense that you need to go through a man to get to God. They did in the Old Testament by their own... They were too freaked out by it all. They'd have never survived anyway because these guys were so disobedient every five seconds. God had to kill them all. In fact, he wants to kill them all. We're going to find out next week when we pick this up again because he gets so angry at them because they were such a pain, these people. Unbelievable. It's truly amazing. But uh, his desire has always been, no, no, no. Let's have fellowship together. Let's be a whole church of priests. The reality is if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you have immediate access to god yourself and you do not need me you do not need lathan you do not need some priest or cardinal or pope or anybody else who will stand and be in the way and be some kind of mediator between you and god like in the old testament that is a faulty model that was the old testament it is not the new god wanted this back then but he didn't get it until now when jesus came and he made it possible. And that's where the prophet said, Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. The Spirit of God will be poured upon all flesh, not just upon special prophets and stuff, but upon everybody. And we all have access to God directly. Now, that's not to say we don't benefit from the Mark and the Lathan and all the different people who have special ministries in the church, but that's different. We are not substitutes between you and God you see the difference we're here to minister to you we're here to challenge you we're here to encourage you and build you up but you don't have to come through me to get to him thank God everybody say thank God it's a beautiful thing because now we have direct access to God the veil has been broken when Jesus was hanging on the cross that veil that kept the people away from the holy of holies the bible said tore from the top to the bottom just ripped apart and it was God's way of saying no more No more, no more shall sin separate us. We can have fellowship together. We are now a nation, in terms of of all the people, all the believers of faith, of kings and priests. All of us. We all have this wonderful access. Now you you may not feel like much of a priest at times, but the reality is, is you can go directly to him. And you need to go directly to him. And I just think that's wonderful. Hallelujah. Okay, I'm done. That's the mini Bible study for tonight. Thanks for letting me indulge myself and you were showing you some of this video and stuff that uh, I just want to kind of share some of the stuff that God is doing uh, with us all over the world. Um, uh, The uh, ushers can come and we'll take our evening offering and our musicians can come back up. Here they come. And... Then we will let you go Here come
1: the...
0: I know a lot of people can't get to church on Sunday And uh, this is their opportunity to give their tithes and offerings on Wednesday night Some actually prefer to come on Wednesdays instead of Sundays, that's fine I wish you were here for everything But I'm glad you're here at all Anyway, let's, uh, let's pray Thank God for his faithfulness Lord, we thank you that you bless your people And according to your word, Lord We now give back to you a portion of that which you have blessed us with. Use this money, Lord, to advance your kingdom. We pray that you will supernaturally bless this church, that you will bring financial miracles, that you will do things that uh, will just amaze us all. We thank you for your faithfulness, because we know this, that nothing is impossible with you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.